You are now listening to the Paper Cuts Comic Podcast with Dean DeFalco, Dan Ryan, Evan Goldstein, and Matt Munch. For the comic podcast with the most personality this side of the galaxy, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, announcer guy, and thank you for tuning into the Paper Cuts Podcast. By the lack of baritone in my voice, you probably know I'm not Dan Ryan. Uh, Dan Ryan is not here. Um, he's he's run away, maybe to become a Green Lantern, maybe to not read any more of these DC books, because there's a lot of them, and we're going to keep doing it as much as it hurts. Could be a Green Lantern. They're just passing those things out. Yeah, they are. They are. They, they, what did they give? The, the last one to someone with, like, agoraphobia, it seems. It, it's great. Great time. Anyway... I am accompanied here with the smooth, dulcet tones of Matt Much and uh, Invisible Evan, who will be saying nothing during this podcast. Say hi, Evan. Perfect. Thank you so much, Evan. You're a great guy. I love you to death. Anyway, uh, we're going to shut the hell up about doing introductions, and we're going to jump right into some fantastic books, because books are great, and kids should read them. Just not the really gory ones. Like Scooby-Doo Apocalypse! Holy there's shit. Some, there's some violence. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's a little surprising. It stood out to me. I said, wow. Yeah, now, uh, for those of you who don't know, Scooby-Doo Apocalypse uh, came out a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, uh, with their, their first issue, and it was, uh, it's, it's kind of like Doom. Doom with Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doom. Perfect. Damn, man. I'm Write that down. We're, that's what we're going with. That's that's the title. I, I, I like it. it. We're, that's end of podcast. Anyway, um... So, the, these characters, Shaggy, Fred, Velma, and Daphne, have not met each other yet, and they just uh, kind of all fall into meeting each other consequently. Shaggy works in the same, like, crazy-ass science complex that Velma works at, and Fred and Daphne are, um, I guess, ghost hunters? Monster chasers? What the hell you want to call them? They got, like, a D-rated cable... A uh, shaky cam show, like, about unsolved mysteries? Yeah, yeah, the things you see at, like, four in the morning on, like, the knitting channel. <laughs> if there is a knitting channel. Anyway. I'm sure there yeah, is. Yeah, no, there probably is. I, I'm subscribed to it, actually. Don't don't judge. I like to knit. I like to crochet, too. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, they, they, all, they all kind of fall into meeting each other, and... Uh, it, it gets kind of bananas from there. You find out, like, nanites are spread throughout the world, and they've been implanted in each and every human, and when these bigwigs at whatever science complex Velma is working at turns the key, um, everyone's going to become docile and kind of brainwashed and stuff. Except that doesn't happen when whatever the fuck turns the key, because uh, everyone turns into fucking grotesque monsters, and it's... It's pretty. It's pretty crazy. I mean, what, what do you think, Matt? Just about the story in general. Now you're, you're recapping one. I'm. I'm just. I for those people who might have missed one, who are like, uh, oh, Scooby Doo. What's Scooby Doo? Why? Why is DC making a Scooby Doo book? So yeah, I'm. I'm recapping a little bit of one. But what? Have, what did you think about the story in one? Just to recap a little bit. Uh, I. I thought it was good. I. Th- when they started promoting that they were doing this strange kind of a reboot and they were taking this track with Scooby, there was solid, like, 50-50. This is going to be amazing or this is going to be a huge piece of shit. And it was amazing. Um, they were really... They were faithful enough to the characters while adding their own new weird spin on it and it just... It was written really well. Uh, 
both books so far have actually been really wordy, but uh, the words are all words you want to read, so it's kind of okay. Yes, in fact, the words are all words we want to read. I have had a fantastic time reading the second one, uh, which I was surprised about because, you know, it was pretty much the polar opposite of Wacky Racers, where I was just like, when is this going to fucking end? Like, too much words, and words we didn't want to read. If this was hooked on phonics, I would be hooked off. I would I was unhooked at the beginning if it was Wacky Racers. However, this is Scooby-Doo Apocalypse. And right. I I got to say like the, the second issue did not like really let me down either. Um now where where this one drops off is right where uh, these guys are figuring out shit's hitting the fan. Uh they don't know really what's going on, but Yeah, we were left we were left on a cliffhanger last issue where the uh, the failsafe, like they had accidentally gathered in a safe room, which was supposed to be like the safest room on the planet when the nanites were activated. Right. And um, so they were stuck in there, but what what they didn't expect was a power outage. So they were left in pitch darkness for a few minutes, and then this picks up when the power comes back on, I guess with emergency generators, mm-hmm, and then... Mm-hmm. It's up to them to see what the hell happened, because they don't actually know the entire world is horrendous monsters yet. No, uh, they they actually it's it's I think five or six pages in that they finally do figure out that something is horribly wrong when Velma sees one of their coworkers, and uh, she goes to say hello. You know, this isn't what it looks like. I'm not having people infiltrate this facility. Uh, he turns around and his face is just teeth. It's just, his face is just teeth. Yeah, his just, head is just teeth. Just, he's a mouth. Yeah, just just he's a giant mouth, and it's it's fucking terrifying. Like, it it's the types of things you have nightmares about. Um, this is like Joe Hill status of like just grotesque and scary. That's why I say it's got a little bit of doom in it because these these monsters are not like the ones from you know Hanna Barbera seventies and sixties Scooby Doo. These are like terrifying and rip you apart and that becomes quickly apparent where when fred turns around after they get away from this monster that they're they're that they've encountered and uh he finds someone's body like mangled and ripped to shreds and he's talking about intestines and stuff and this is not a book for children i have to stress not at all um like Matt, it I, is I, still microscopic print that does say rated T for teen uh, on the cover. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on a scale of one to holy shit, like, how surprised were you when you started seeing bodies hitting the floor? Oh, I mean, it, it didn't knock me off my seat. It was certainly surprising. It's probably only a four, but you still go like, whoa, that's uh, that's different. Yeah, and um, it, it, it's crazy. Again, I have a different format than Dan. I'm not really going to explain the book. I'm just... Because uh, I want you guys to read it still, so I'm just going to highlight some points, and we're going to keep going. So um, I, at one point in this issue, uh, Daffy, Daphne comes face-to-face with having to save uh, Shaggy from this uh, co-worker that he had that mutated into this really fucked-up like insect lizard monster that's about to bite his head off. So she takes a assault rifle, points it at the, the monster, and then blows its fucking head off, and... Like, she thought she was ready to, and she until she did it, and they talk about that. Yeah, and that uh, for a couple panels, that, which is appropriate, I think. Right, I I find it 
surprising because, you know, DC isn't always known for like, I mean, you, proper handling, right? You know, so I the the thing is like I I was thinking this was just gonna be like you know tear them up action book. They're not really gonna spend time delving too much into the character given what we've seen so far, and then something no, like it's like all characters so far. I, I I well I mean like we it was it was setting up the uh the what do you call it the the premise for well the event right but... and you know I was like all right you know uh I I don't think we're gonna get too much depth out of this and instead we we get a lot of depth out of this you know um she she's like deeply upset by the fact that she had to kill something that was once human and she doesn't know if there's like a cure to turn that lady back into a human so it was it was pretty uh it was pretty crazy um then velma's trying to soothe her but she she decks her and punches well, her right in the fucking Daphne face man Daphne punches Velma for unleashing the the monster the zombie apocalypse horde. yeah yeah it's uh it's it's pretty crazy uh, i i really did enjoy this book again I, I i feel like this is something that we're probably going to end up reading for a while um it wasn't venom space knight levels of surprising cuz it doesn't have a name like venom space knight because those things don't go together and we were agent of the cosmos right yeah we, we were more surprised about that than this but this was certainly a surprising book because we didn't expect it to be this good and you know this uh, um, emotional because you, you're getting tied to these characters and I guess it's also the fact that you know they're not starting off together as a unit uh, we uh, you know another thing is like they don't even have their their key vehicle up until like almost the end of oh this issue oh my god that's what it is uh, th- them not knowing each other no but oh. I just realized because you, like you were alluding to they do eventually get a van right and all I saw it as was an armored personnel carrier, which is what it is. But I realized they have a van, the the Scooby gang. They get in the van and they drive around. It looks enough like that. I can't believe I didn't pick up on that. Right. And the, well, the only reason I picked up on it was because, I mean, it doesn't look like the van oh, in, he, in, he, in the show. She says it. She, she says does it right say it. There. Right. Yeah. She She's like Dr. Crepes, Creeps, whatever his name was, or Creams. I, I don't know. Something. It, it was his secret project, his secret vehicle, and he called it a mystery machine. Yeah. That was the code name for it, which was really I cool. I can't believe I didn't even, I just glossed over it for some reason. You know, it, the only reason I picked up on it was because, thank you, DC, they made it bold. So it stuck out, and I was like, I, I get it. I, that's a van. They drove a van. It was called the Mystery Machine. This is called the Mystery Machine. Everything makes sense. Everything is great. Um, I was too too busy taking notes, so I didn't sound like an idiot on this episode. No, nah, you never sound like an idiot, Matt, much. In fact, you sound elegant AF. <laughs> like a ballerina. Realized... Thank you, dude. You're welcome. What did you just I realize? I appreciate that. <laughs> I realized that uh, the the bubbles that show up above Scooby's head are all emojis. Yeah, yeah, that has something to do with uh, the headgear he wears. Um, yeah, the he wears a uh, like a Google Glass that makes him intelligent enough to almost speak English, which makes him sound like Scooby Doo sounds like Ro and. Uh, right. He he was the first experiment, I think they said, and. Um, he was a failed experiment at uh, getting this whole Google Glass thing to work, and future iterations of other dogs, they did get it to work, but they were vicious and scary, and Scooby became fun-loving and happy, and 
kind of a stoner dog, I guess. I don't. I don't know. He. It, regardless, it's awesome. The even the fucking dog has personality, which is is great. And the best of all, no Scrappy Doo. I hope there's never Scrappy Doo. I hope if he's there, he's in for one issue, and then he gets brutally murdered by some I, some ridiculous monster. I don't know. I think there is a chance there'll be a Scrappy. They'll probably have to loop back around to the facility. They'll be in a cloning chamber. They tried to make another Scooby, and it came out all jacked up and tiny and weird. As long as it doesn't get annoying and say puppy power, you know what? I'll probably be okay. I'm not down with puppy power at all. It'll be like the uh, the Freddy Prince Jr. movie, and they'll just kill it. I hope so. I really do, because that was the most satisfying part of that movie is where they... It's the they'd... only satisfying part of that yeah, movie. Yeah, otherwise it was pretty terrible. I mean, Freddy Prince Jr. is Fred. That was, that was pretty spot on. You want to get a sh- schmuck. To play Freddy, that that's it. They got it, King of Schmucks. Anyway, uh, I think that's enough about Scooby Doo. Matt, you 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 obviously think this is worth another issue, right? This is maybe the only DC book that is on an upward trend. You think so? Yeah. Okay, because uh, then let's jump into what we had to read next. Let's talk about Batman number one. Now, in fairness, this is only number one, so there is no trend. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, firstly, I guess we should probably talk about, because this is slightly more important than who wrote Scooby-Doo. This is written by Tom King, and the pencils is done by David Finch. So, I mean, both have a bit of a pedigree. Tom Tom King writing Grayson. He's uh, wrote a little bit in the Justice League. He wrote a, an issue of Dark Side War. Uh, he wrote a little bit of Omega Man, uh, Robin War, uh, but his biggest thing was Grayson. So, I mean, if you don't like Grayson, there's a chance you might not like this book. But for right now, uh, he is the, uh, the steady writer on the book. There's, there's no more Capullo and Snyder going on. So, if you want more of that, you're gonna have to wait for, oh man, what are they doing? We talked about it last Detective? week. Detective? I think it's Detective in September or October. Anyway, it's really far out either or. Like, you're not going to get any Snyder uh, for a bit, and I don't know where Capullo's gone. They might have just stuffed him in a closet till they need more Spawn stuff. Um, or Spawn-looking stuff, I'm sorry, because DC doesn't own Spawn. But, anyway, uh, the, uh, the this is called I Am Gotham, the story arc, and uh, I, I wasn't too impressed. Um, I, I guess we should talk about what's going on in the book. Uh... There, were, there was this rogue cell that stole a bunch of surface-to-air missiles. Uh, they're in Gotham City. The GCPD already found two of them. And the last one is still around. And while Commissioner Gordon's saying all this to good old Bruce, there goes that missile flying into an airplane up in the air. And um, from there, we have our story for what's going on. Batman goes up he tries to uh stop the 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 missile i'm i'm gonna just really skip over a bunch because this is a super simple story setting up for what's going to happen later on um so anyway uh batman goes up he he attaches rocket boosters to each wing of the plane uh so it it doesn't crash into um uh into the city he's gonna try to aim it at the gulf which i didn't know there was a gulf of gotham but now we know. Sure there is. Yeah, why not? The Gulf of Gotham, near Mexico. Um, <laughs> anyway. It's basically it's a maneuver like it's Mission Impossible and the movie Flight, except with less cocaine. Right, yeah. So we got Batman, Batman on top more Batman. of this airplane holding two ropes and 
And they control the uh, the additional rocket engines to maneuver the plane yeah. to give it a uh, roll. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so he's he's essentially steering the plane with with two uh, two ropes, and it's it's bizarre because like how 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 does one do that? How does one steer a plane with two ropes and uh, futuristic rocket boosters? I'm pretty sure if uh, I were to jump on top of a plane, my skin would rip off. I'm not sure either because. You know, a solid chunk of the dialogue is Batman speaking to Alfred over a radio, telling Alfred how much thrust to give each booster. So I have no idea what he's doing with the rope. Uh, the, what I thought, I, I think the rope was just to hang on. What it seemed like... Uh... Well, no, because the whole, the whole conceit is that uh, Batman cannot let go of the rope, which means he's inevitably almost invariably going to die when the plane hits the water. Well, see, I, I thought that was because he had to keep directing Alfred to the very end on what to do. And, I, I mean, that's that's what he was doing when this plane's about to go into the water and, you know, they're they're having their heart-to-heart. -heart. Bruce is still telling Alfred every other sentence, oh, okay, you know, move it, uh, adjust 10%, you know, add 10%. And, um, I guess uh, let's let's go right into the, the big finish here. Um, the plane doesn't crash. The plane is picked up, and Bruce is like, "Oh man, my 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 call to the Justice League went through. I think that's Clark." So um, he he looks up, and it's not Clark. It's not Superman. It's not Green Lantern. It's not anyone in the Justice League. It's two douchebags. Uh, one named Gotham, <laughs> and uh, what's the other one? Gotham Girl. Gotham Girl. Gotham and Gotham Girl. They look just like Batmanified. Supergirl and Superman. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. They got I'm not, capes. Not feeling it. They're in gray and blue. And I actually think, w because of the structure of the book, the cover of this book was horrendous because it has them plastered across the front of it. It's supposed to be a surprise. Right, right. And we've never seen them before, right? I don't read Batman. No, I mean, uh, this is this is a reboot. So, well, I, what DC calls it's a rebirth, a, yeah, Dean. Whatever, it's it's fucking stupid. That's what it's. Anyway, um, yeah, these are new characters from what I what I gather. Anyway, I've never just, heard of them or seen them. They just showed up, and they've claimed Gotham as and and stated themselves as its protectors and meanwhile they're like oh batman who right um and what i what i find i guess what i could make out of this is i'm i'm going to i'm going to shoot a little bit into the future my guess for what's going to happen here is that um these two characters are going to be watchmen characters that are dressing up in these clothes to pretend to be saviors or to take over Batman's job. If if Rebirth is going to keep going, but like in the background, I feel like that would be the way to do it. Anyway, to me. Okay. I, I mean, uh, do, do you have any thoughts about that or who they are? Or do you think they're just brand new spanking characters, new, new identities, new everything? Uh, I figured they were new. I figured they're just going to immediately reintroduce multiverses into DC continuity oh, yeah. and yeah, have guess these be like sense. Earth 4, Earth 5, Superman, Supergirl. You know, I, what, what I don't get is if, if you're going to make multiverses, you should make it so that 
they exist in different storylines. You shouldn't make it so that Earth-1 Batman's fucking with Earth-4 or whoever the fuck these idiots are. Um, I don't even know if there is still a multiverse. Yeah, I well, I mean, I thought that's what this was doing was bringing back these multiverses because there are characters that aren't around anymore that DC wanted to, to bring back. But well, yeah, I don't know. every five years, DC brings back its multiverses, so they never actually go anywhere. And then it takes it away, and then they bring it back again, and then they pick things up and they put things down, and I don't like it. I don't like it one bit, and I didn't like the story. What, what do you think, Matt? I actually thought it was completely readable. I, not that it wasn't readable, um, but it just it uh, didn't really like do anything to to entice me to read another issue. Like I don't really care who these two are. That's true. At all. We we don't care who these people are. Right. You know. Um, now, if 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 you want to, oh, and go ahead. They made a big deal out of introducing the new. Uh, non-Robin sidekick and he's in this comic for like two panels behind a computer in the Batcave. That, that's who that is? The uh, Thomas? Yeah, that's the new guy they're gonna put in the the yellow suit, I think. Okay, yeah, I mean there, there's a lot going on with Batman because we have the uh, detective uh, stuff going on as well which I know sort of exists on their like own two storylines or whatever but in that one you have this 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 Batman team being put together by Batman and Batwoman and like But not Batman International. Right, not not Batman International. And then you have We scrap that. Right. And then you have this going on and they barely introduce a sidekick for more than like ten seconds. But I don't think his sidekick is in the detective book. So I'm kind of at a loss for what's going on, but you don't think Duke's in Detective Comics? I I don't think so. It's like I, I mean, I from what I remember, it's uh, C- Cassandra Kane. Did I get that right? I think I think that's right. Yeah, that's a name. Um, there's I don't know uh, if it's right. There's oh god, Boris uh, uh Clayface. Um, there is oh yeah. It- Clayface. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they had all, like, the the kind of, like, B-list Batman uh, characters that, like, could have been sidekicks besides Clayface that are now going to have some sort of um, role going on in, like, this Batman team. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I, so far, neither of these have impressed me too much. That's, uh, I mean, it's not impressive it's (laughs) it's not tolerable it's not impressive but it's 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 not depressive either no um yeah i mean it's not the worst book ever and i guess for people really really like needing batman in their lives it's not you could do worse you you could do worse um but i want to read good batman I don't. It's nice that Jim Gordon isn't in a bunny suit anymore yeah I, i tell you what i didn't hate that stuff like I, I, well, again, that's that's the highest praise we've been having for Batman. Oh, I didn't hate it. Oh, I was able to read it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, but th- that's the thing. Batman's only been okay since they made Bruce into a new god, and then he disappeared for a while, and then he didn't want his job back. So I guess, yeah, it's, it's great to see Bruce Wayne again, but... And he's decidedly not god 
like no no so that that passed he got better i guess i i don't know man he from all we know is that he knows who murdered his parents like a name and when the chair told him he freaked out and I, I don't know what the hell happened after that that was a big deal apparently but they never announced who it was they said they were announcing a rebirth so maybe we'll still find out i don't fucking know i to be honest i just, i i don't care at the moment uh they got to do something big to kind of win me back with uh batman at just it, it needs to be interesting again like i again like why he has so many good villains work with the villains you got like s- some of them haven't been around a long time like what about victor saz like he was cool and hush and uh like mr freeze is awesome uh and just all god i I could keep going forever killer croc clayface like they haven't gotten any big things and i'm sure these writers are more than capable of writing compelling stories for these characters that exist why do we always have to come up with these new characters that don't necessarily don't necessarily belong in this universe like that um whole thing with jim gordon and that like plant guy who was giving people superpowers with seeds or whatever that was that was fucking weird man that was weird well sometimes somewhere there's a focus group that is indicated that you must continually innovate or you stagnate <sighs> yeah you know see it's still innovating if it's a new author because it's not going to be the same thing that you heard most likely because they're going to have a different point of view than you know uh all right i I mean for this for instance you could have tom king write a totally entirely different story about the court of owls than snyder did will it be better i don't know but at least we give it a shot i mean but he could you know he could really do anything Look at what he did with with Riddler in uh, Endgame. Uh, what Snyder did with Riddler in Endgame. That was really good. Like that was that was mind blowingly good. And Riddler hasn't been on his A game like that in a long time, as far as just like character wise. So yeah, I don't know. Do do we always need new characters? I don't think so. But you know, that's just me. Oh no, we don't. But DC but thinks so. Some somewhere. The executives got the idea that you do. Yeah, uh, I, I guess they have J.J. Jameson with the cigar and the mustache, and he's bringing in Johnson all the time, and he's telling them that what are the kids like, and they're saying new shit. So I guess we're going to keep getting new shit, but we'll see, man. You know, I don't know. Like I said, I'm hoping there's an unveil, and these turn out to be Watchmen characters, and then this kind of ties back into the rebirth. That's that's my big stretch goal hope. But uh, let it be known that I set it on here first. If it does happen, so I could get a was trophy. There a, was there a blonde Watchman? Shit, character? you know what? I don't know. Uh, I I know and there was neither, a brunette. None of the Watchman characters could fly without wings. Matt, don't ruin this for me. Don't ruin this for me. Dean, it's okay. This is your baby. <laughs> it's it's going to happen. It's going to fucking happen. All right, so Batman, uh, you, you think it was okay. I, I think it was a little less than okay, but would... The big question is, would you read another issue? That's a great question. <laughs> I might. I mean, that's that's fine if you're gonna. Uh, all right, so we'll we'll give it a maybe from you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a pass. I'm I'm definitely gonna give it a pass. I mean, 
This is like refried bean dip. There's really no difference between eating it and not eating it. I I wholeheartedly agree. Unless they're going to put some cheese on it, then maybe. Because I do like cheese. Nope, just bean dip. No, all right, then I'm not feeling it because it tastes like nothing and it is nothing. Which is basically what this issue was. It was, it was filler. It was very, very little malnourished filler. Um, but... <laughs> I'm not gonna beat up on Tom King anymore. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's gonna take a while to kind of get into a new seat on a big title like this, especially something like Batman. So I'm um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be nice and I'm gonna tell people while I might not pick up an issue for Batman fans, give it a shot for maybe a couple issues. Um, you know, yeah, that's it's that's interesting. Yeah, I think I think it could be okay for Batman fans. Which we're not. No, no, I mean, we're, we're comic fans, so it's it's a little different. You know, we'll read anything that's interesting. It doesn't have to have Batman or Superman or... Which brings us to our next book, Space Battle Lunchtime <laughs> by Oni Press. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, man, I, I got to read that, actually. I, I downloaded it, but um, I was running... See, I think Dan should, because he reads those other similarly styled books, but, you know, we're not actually talking about it, so it's okay. Dan's not here. But uh, maybe we'll, that's true. But we're all Dan Ryan. We are all Dan Ryan. But we could talk about that next week. Uh, Space battle lunchtime. Actually, well, after we look at our release for what's coming out next week. But I digress. Let's talk about another book. Which one do you want to talk about more, Matt? You tell me. Oh my God! Let's knock out the tales from the dark side. Okay. Uh, I'm. I'm just gonna say I liked it. <laughs> you liked. I it. liked it. Uh, well, that's lovely. You, you didn't like it. No. It's okay. No, it was a real... I mean, okay. I don't, I don't know what I expect. Okay. Uh, because uh, I'm, I'm, what I I'm, got... I'm going to put a pause uh, real quick okay. just so I can explain what's going on. Um, Tales from the Dark Side was a 1980s TV show, serial serialized TV show, I think. Um, it was it was like Tales from the Crypt, a little lighter, actually. Um, and they were thinking about redoing it and it was it was like the twilight zone you get a new story every episode um and joe hill was apparently supposed to write the 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 stories for them didn't happen uh but i believe it's idw writing this if i'm correct uh yeah that's okay right. so idw picked this up with joe hill writing it and now we get this uh this book which is going to give you a new story every week um so this one was about a uh, a character who um, he, he's young he's probably like a late teenager uh, just kind of slacking off you know enjoying the summer having... yeah because he just graduated from college oh uh, right? it was college I thought it was high school right? no you know let... oh it might have been high school uh, no who knows fuck it let's, let's go with college um, so he, he just graduated college he's enjoying his summer off and whatever and um, he, uh, he he's a lifeguard he's having parties all the time and everything cause you know fucking party on man and uh, life's good for him uh, besides uh, him meeting a girl and the girl moves uh, but it's for good reasons uh, she she moves because uh, of uh, some some tutelage theater yeah theater thing in England and um from there he gets a little sad but he keeps partying everything's all right um but at his lifeguard job uh someone is swimming in the pool and they have a heart attack and drown uh and he was sleeping or he believes he was sleeping because he was partying too hard right because he was partying too hard and he fell asleep on the job uh 
but you know, most of the time people don't drown in a pool. However, this one time someone did. Uh, so he goes to court. His mother is a lawyer, so they get a high-powered lawyer friend to defend him, and he gets off scot-free. Even the judge tells him that it's not his fault. You know, shit happened. She had a heart attack. You were likely not going to save her anyway because, you know, her heart was failing on top of her drowning. So even if you did save her from drowning, she was going to die because her heart was giving out. Um, so that's not good enough for the husband of the person that died in the pool. And uh, long story short, uh, he he gets obsessive and everything, and he can't sleep. Uh, but then on the other side, we have this, this kid um, who's kind of haunted by the fact that he believes he let this, this lady die because he was sleeping on the job. Um, so he gets this, um, batshit nuts power that, um, people... Because f- he, he goes hermit for, like, months. Yeah, months. And what... He quits being a lifeguard, he quits hanging out with his friends, quits doing he everything. quits everything. Basically quits life, more or less. Um, so... And then, basically, he... What does he do? He just kind of wakes up one day? Uh, yeah, he walks out to go get the mail, I believe, and um, th- this dude uh, walks up to him, and everybody freezes, and this one guy doesn't freeze in front of him, and the kid's like, what's going on? Why is everyone frozen? And this guy who, again, we don't know the name of, is like, no, 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 it's going to be all right. I'll, I'll, I'll help you as best I can before I dis... And he disappears, and he's gone, and... Um, all we know is that this weird thing that happened to the kid. Um, he said it's a it's a dark side dark, event. Dark side of he yeah, can help dark him. side event. So we're gonna we're gonna see that guy again. I I think so. I think he's probably gonna be the the. He's gonna be in every yeah issue. the knot tying you know these stories together, but which is weird because it's it's a little bit like if Rod Serling Rod Serling was in, was in every. Episode yeah, in instead episodes. of just the narrator. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but, I guess they could have gone that way, but maybe they didn't want to be too derivative of Twilight Zone. Well, it's it's all derivative. It's a genre, but that's that's okay. Oh yeah, you're right. All right, hold up. But uh, he so everybody's frozen, and then it starts to happen that anybody that makes eye contact with him just passes out. Yeah, uh, into, into an unwakeable slumber. sleep. Yeah, unless he moves away, and then it seems like they, they and then they, wake they just up. resume like nothing happened. Right. Um. So. So he can't interact with anyone. Yeah. So you know he he tries going to the police station. Um. And you know, obviously they fall asleep. He tried calling them and telling them what was happening, and they thought he was fucking with them. Obviously, because who who would believe that? Um. But we, we keep going on and on and on. You know, he keeps trying to get people to help him they fall asleep until he calls his ex-girlfriend who moved uh she comes i guess she's home for the summer just like he is and uh he he calls her he's begging for help she comes and she falls asleep when he opens the door and then he puts like a mask on and stuff and everything he covers all his skin yeah. with clothing mm-hmm. and uh He's like, oh, you got to help me. You know, I can't sleep or anything. I got to right my wrong. I have to tell the police that, you know, I I was asleep. You know, um, I don't I don't care what sort of trouble I get in for this. I need to make things right. So his girlfriend. And she supports him yeah, because yeah. it's the right thing to, to do. Yeah, his girlfriend says, I believe you. You know, I believe you about the powers. I believe you about everything. Let's go to police station. Let's get this sorted out. Unfortunately for him angry husband comes along who is about to kill himself and then he thinks it's a better idea to kill the kid. Right. Uh, so 
he kidnaps both of them. He kidnaps the ex-girlfriend. He kidnaps the kid. And um, what, what? Where are they? Where are they driving? Because we know where they end up. Where are they going? I think they were going back to where this guy was originally. He he would uh, the husband got really no. He was taking oh that's right. He was taking them to the pool. He was going to drown them in the pool. Yeah, he he was going to uh, feed the kid a bunch of sleeping, sleeping pills, pills. That's and right. Then have him just it. go on a joyride and then end up driving off a cliff or into a pool or something and drowning himself, just like his wife drowned. Now it doesn't get that far. Um, the husband gets all pissed that he's wearing all this. The, like the mask and the gloves and stuff so he tells him to take it off and he says if he doesn't take it off I'm going to shoot your girlfriend so obviously he's compelled to take it off even though he knows what's going to happen um, when he's taking it off too slow the guy rips it off his face and they're going like 90 miles an hour so when towards a cliff yeah so when they uh, when he takes it off uh, the guy falls asleep at the wheel and uh, all three of them crash into a barrier. Cars on its side, just hanging there um, over a cliff, mind you. And um, what the kid does is he takes the husband out first because I forgot to mention the girlfriend is cuffed to the car. Oh, that's right. She's cuffed to the cab of the truck. Right. Uh, the hu- the hu- the husband of the dead wife uh, told her to cuff herself so she couldn't do anything funny in the back seat. So now she is cuffed to the to the back seat. And he can't get her out, and they don't know what to do. And I, this made the book this this part for me. And the only reason I'm explaining this in its entirety is because it's it's a one-off issue. There's not going to be another one where I have to go back and explain everything again, or you know, kind of cut this down. So, um, you know, he he's like, I don't know what to do. I I I can't save you. I this is all my fault. And she's like, No, nothing's your fault. You didn't do this. You know, it's gonna be okay. Um, just do me one favor. And he says anything. And she says, can you uh, kiss me so I can at least have a peaceful slumber before I go? And, like, it's dark because um, he does it and everything. And this car goes off the cliff with the passed out husband laying on the road. And they're just diving towards their death, but you get a glimpse of them holding each other and she's asleep in his arms and he has his eyes closed. And I, like I said, dark, but not dark to the point where it's like disgusting or anything. It, it was, it was, I guess, cathartic uh, to a point. I guess, I hope I'm using that word right. I think I am. Um, yeah, that's, that's an interpretation. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I thought, um, I th- it's dark, but it's a conclusion. Right. It ended well. Um, and I, I I think it was a good book. Like, if people want something a little different, you know, like mini stories that are good, because most mini stories aren't that great. Like, I've never read one-offs that I'm always like, wow, at the end. Um, this uh, this this kind of kind of hit me right. So I I don't know. I, I I was I was all about it, and I like Joe Hill as a writer. So uh, Matt, w- what turned you off to the book? Uh, I just don't like dark shit oh okay fair enough i mean you know not not everyone does like dark shit so i mean this this was dan's pick i believe um so yeah yeah uh, i i i was i was pretty down for it i i really did enjoy this and i i thought it was pretty awesome uh now if you don't know who joe hill is and you think i'm just kind of like oh yeah this guy's awesome this and that joe hill is stephen king's son so he comes from a pedigree oh really yes 
Yes. Uh, I did not know he that. He wrote the book Nosferatu. Uh, he wrote the book Nar- uh, Heart-Shaped Box, and he wrote Horns. Those are all really, really good horror books, especially Nosferatu. I, that was my first book I read by him, and God, that is a... Like the Nosferatu? No, it's... it's Isn't um, it older than no, that? No, no, no. It's, it's spelt um, N-O-S-4-A-2. Uh, I'm not going to explain it because it's going to take far too long because it's... Sounds like Dracula in space. It's like Dracula in a car, um, sort of. But okay. Oh, like a license plate. Yes, just like a license plate. But for any horror fan, I would recommend reading that book. And then if you like the book, read some of the stuff he's done in comics because he also did uh, runs on Lock and Key, I believe. That, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, like I said, he has a very big pedigree. Um, and when he writes something... And it's it's supposed to be scary. It's going to be a little bit scary, or at the very least, dark. And I feel like he hit the right mixture here. Now, Matt, I can appreciate you not liking uh, dark stuff. So, you know, if you want to give it a pass, that's cool. But I do like dark stuff a lot. This is some of my like favorite stuff to read. Uh, so I'm gonna say if you, if you like stuff like this, if you like Stephen King, if you if you just like scary or creepy or weird or dark things, this is gonna be probably a good series if he keeps writing it. If he doesn't keep writing it, then I can't promise anything. But as long as he's on the book, I can pretty much guarantee you're gonna have a good time. It's a it's a quality book. I would not buy it again. It's a quality book. Though. No, I, I totally feel you man i totally feel you it's a quality book that you would never buy again. <laughs> yeah fuck you joel Hill. we're never buying your shit again we're never even reviewing you again you and your it's like what, stupid what's that dad. horrendous movie about drugs and it's got jennifer connelly in it i have no idea the right. one with because that's not the one with rain wilson right i don't think so yeah i have no idea it was it recently no. Nah, that's probably why, man. I, I, I have like a two-minute memory, so I apologize, and we'll never know the name of that. But uh, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna Matt's gonna give it a pass. But for me, uh, Tales from the Dark Side issue one is a definite read. Should you keep picking it up, that is totally up to you. Uh, because I don't know if Requiem for a Dream. Okay, cool. You, you. It's a horrifying piece of cinema oh. would never watch again okay uh well if people like stuff like that they should read th- this. but people do like stuff like that that's the point of bringing it up okay so yeah uh i'm i'm gonna give this a, a definite pickup matt's gonna give it a pass but that's okay so we're gonna go to our final book this week which is civil war number two uh the Civil War continued. I can't come up with anything. No, than it, that. it's no. okay. I'm I'm just kind of thinking about what I want to say about this book, because I can I can start by saying that it picks up right where we left off, mm-hmm. and Tony Stark is flying uh, in a stealth suit to kidnap Ulysses, the Inhuman that can see the future, and who is the focal point of the the second Marvel Civil War. Right. Because some people say we should use his abilities. Some people say we should lock him up in a tiny little box and never talk to him. And Tony wants to dissect him. Well, uh, all right. So at the, at the end of the last book, Tony storms off and he's like, I'm going to go find him. Now, I thought he was talking about Thanos, but it turns out he was talking about uh, Ulysses. 
And oh yeah, he, while he does kidnap him, and Ulysses says he tortures him, ah, torture is a strong word. He kind of doesn't just put, really torture yeah, he him. He pokes at him a little. He bit. He doesn't even. He literally he just pokes him. He puts like a suction cup on his forehead. He asks him some angry questions. So he really doesn't torture him. Yeah, and the other thing is, while Tony's talking to him, he never is. He did kidnap him, though. Yeah, no, he did kidnap him, and but the thing is, he he's not hateful towards Ulysses. He he's hateful towards, um, Carol. His ability. For, yeah, oh, his yeah. ability and Carol. Carol using it for things he said that should not be done. Now, what Tony's trying to understand is how it works. He he's not gonna kill him. Uh, he just wants to understand what makes the kid tick, so he can understand if this really is the future or if this is just is some version of the future that might not happen at all which is yeah his his dialogue has a purposeful emphasis on trying to suss out whether uh ulysses himself is adding bias to his precognition right and ulysses says i'm not biased and he says no everybody's biased you know a lot of people have all kinds of biases. Like, you could have a racial bias. He's like, I'm not... I don't have a racial bias. It's the future. And so they they talk about that for a couple panels. But T- Tony's actually surprisingly um, level. Yeah. Despite everything. I mean, I, he, he's you'd, definitely... You'd think they would portray him as flying off the handle, especially because Rhodey just died. Well, th- they made it a point... Uh, to emphasize that the others think he's flying off the handle. Um, but when you see Tony, you you realize that that's not happening. Like, he, he's not about to strangle the kid or anything. It's not the same person we saw in... Um, uh, Civil yeah, War. In Civil War, the movie, where, like, he's about to destroy fucking... What's-his-face? Um, Cap? Uh, not that Cap. Or uh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, sorry, thank you. Um, again, that's the movie, and it doesn't really have any context in here. But I, That's very true. Uh, but, I mean, it, it, you don't see, like, any aggression from him. It's it's more that he is thinking, but he, he needs to understand what makes this kid tick to, you know, I guess kind of rectify in his head why this is happening. And I know realism has no place in the comparisons of comic books, but it's almost a little unrealistic how measured he is. It's just the writers are trying really hard to make it so there's no obvious bad guy on either side of this, the Civil War to kind of make it interesting in that way. Like, if you have an obvious villain, it's too basic. It's it's simple. Well, I mean, let, let's fast forward a bit, because th- this book doesn't have much... Um, substance to it. it. It's kind of a lot of talking and everything. And I, what we just explained was the main part of the book. Yeah, the bulk yeah, of the to- book. And then Tony kidnaps Ulysses, and they storm the Inhuman storm after Ulysses to to find him, and they do find him. Um. Uh. Yeah, actually, it's what is it? It's the Inhumans or the Ultimates that show up? It's Carol. Uh, the Ultimates. It's Captain Marvel. Right, the Ultimates do show up, but I think Hank from the Inhumans gives him up. That's right. Yes. So and um, and they're about to have it out with Tony, and then Ulysses gets another vision, and he says, "Oh my God, Hulk's gonna kill all of you! I'm so sorry." Now, in that 
picture that they show that there, there's a big two page spread of Hulk with uh, Tony in one hand without pants. Yeah, no pants, just shadow. A lot of shadow. I guess they're trying to cover up the Hulk dick, you know. But anyway, um, he's got Tony in one hand, uh, crumpled up, and then he's got Carol in the other hand. She's just dead fish uh, status, and um, he looks like the abomination. He doesn't really look like Hulk there. He looks he looks a little un-Hulk. He's also not wearing purple pants. No. And for the six of us, I'm sure, that have been following Totally Awesome Hulk, we know that Bruce is not the Hulk anymore. And the Hulk we're shown is not the totally, totally Awesome Hulk. No, it's not Amadeus Cho. And... Like we mentioned, abomination, but it's not abomination. No, 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 no. It's it's again, it's not abomination, as far as we know, anyway. Um, and the closing panel is Carol come to knock at Bruce's door, even though, again, if you're reading Totally Awesome Hulk, you were pretty sure Bruce was missing. So I don't know what that's all about. But she shows up because she's following Ulysses' premonitions again, just like she did the last time, just like when she got Rhodey and She-Hulk killed. Yeah, um, so... Spoilers. Yeah, you know, whatever, that was last week, we talked about that too, so, oh well, spoilers, earmuffs, whatever Dan says, it's all that stuff. So it's a little confusing, it's pretty good though, at least to me. It was good, it kept me reading, and I I guess the reason it felt quick, um, was because it just just moved and flowed so well, which makes a good book, you know, if it flows well, you're gonna want to keep reading it. Um, so when I was reading Totally Awesome Hulk, what I saw was that it seemed, it seems like Amadeus doesn't know where Hulk is. It's not that no one knows, it's just that Bruce isn't using his powers anymore, and, um, this kid's kind of taking over for him, and I guess Bruce just kind of let it happen, because, now I don't, Read. I haven't read. I'm not current on Totally Awesome Hulk. Did you? We ever find out what happened to Bruce at the last point? Yeah, he was. What did he do? He um, I think he was in a submarine that was going a nuclear sub that was going haywire, mm-hmm. and Bruce absorbed all the radiation in the sub, but that just turned him into a Hulk-sized gamma bomb, right. which was about to explode and like destroy the ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Amadeus shows up, and he's like, oh, hey, let me help you with that. And he sucks all of the radiation out of Bruce, actually turning the Hulk back into just Bruce. And then he just kind of keeps it for himself. And he says, oh, I have this little uh, gamma charger, and now, huh, I'm the Hulk. How about that? That's weird. And then... um. He says, I'm in total control. He's and not in control. we've had like six issues of him not quite in total control. Yeah, okay, all right. So I guess we're going to find out what happens. If I were to make a guess, which I, I'm in a guessing mood today, um, it seems like Bruce is kind of going to be poked or prodded probably back into becoming the Hulk. I It's, it's the eventual outcome because of something and what I what I feel this book is trying to get at is that you know you're you're following up with what this kid's seeing 
But if you didn't follow up with it, would it actually happen? You know, if you didn't talk to Bruce and, you know, bring him into this, would any of this happen? You know, it might not, but... No, that's a that's a good point, except I think the understanding is that it would happen. No matter what. Because Ulysses, Ulysses' visions have been what happens if nobody interferes. Okay. Now, bad shit is happening when they interfere, but it's not... So far, he's seen the end of the entire world three times, and twice they've stopped it just with tremendous... Well, once with tremendous cost, and once they had a giant party after it. So, we don't actually know what's going to happen because Carol showed up at Bruce's door. Right, I, I guess it's... She, she is... All three times, she's changing the future mm-hmm. so far. Right, yeah. So, I mean, every time this, so this kid gets a new vision, um, it's it's going to be totally different. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting book, and we still don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, and I... I, f- I find it incredibly compelling. Like once an issue's over so far, these these two issues, I'm I'm like, man, I I want to know what happens. Like I do want to know what happens next. I guess if you if you can ask yourself that at the end of a comic, you know it's pretty good. Yeah, I I agree. My only thing is that I wish they were just kind of completely dropping the ball on this event because I really have a great deal of disdain for having to buy a five dollar book every week. <sighs> Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to change. No, I don't either. I think this is it, which is why DC has made all their books $3 again. Be like, hey, read our stuff. It's cheaper. Cheaper. Might not be as good, but it's cheaper. But, yeah, they got me because it's a quality product. Oh, this is uh, Brian Michael Bendis writing this, correct? Yeah, Bendis is kind of a guy. He's the Jeff Johns of Marvel, man. He, yeah. Yeah. You know, we should just lock those two in a cage match. I can't imagine what would result from that. Probably nothing. They're two middle-aged men that like to draw. They'd probably just sit there and probably draw. Or probably come up well, with a new comic. Bendis is a writer. Sorry, writer. They're both writers. That's what I was thinking of. They would just and come just... up with a new story. Probably about cage fighting. Cage fighting each other. And then they would get artists. Do the art. Who... Who hates superheroes? It's not Bendis, it's Ellis, right? Yeah, Warren Ellis has like deeply grounded he hates heroes. Superheroes. Yeah. He writes superheroes, but they always get all messed up. Yeah, I mean well, most of his heroes aren't um like heroic? Not even that not heroic's not the word. It's just they're not all that super like um he made a Moon Knight into like just a crime fighting beast like door to door going through buildings and shit kicking ass and taking names uh god what else why can't i think of not to be confused with the beast yes true uh powers i believe you wrote powers right oh is that warren ellis i believe uh, you know what let me double check so i'm not talking out of my ass but uh yeah i mean that's no you're on video i know you're not talking out of your ass (laughs) thanks matt you always know what to say Let's see if I'm right, Warren. Oh, it's less frequent than you think. That I don't talk out of my ass or that I do? I mean... No, that I know that I know what to oh, say. Oh, well, no, dude, you always know what to say. Come on, bro. Come on. Uh, I think I am wrong. Let's... I think you're wrong, too. Damn it. Why did I have to be wrong? Shit. <laughs> Brian Michael Vendis writes powers. Oh. <laughs> I guess that's why I got it confused, because we were talking about Brian Michael Bendis, but... I, I know Warren Ellis is 
written a bunch of shit. It's just it's not coming to me right now. But yeah, I, I remember his uh his characters not really they they're not really all that that like powerful or like you know hero like I guess in, at that point. But yeah, that's just me. I don't I don't fucking know. What am I talking about, Matt? What, what? Trans Metropolitan? Thank you. Yeah, that that's another book that's not like all about super superheroes, I guess. Planetary. Okay, so I mean he he's written some shit. Oh uh, yeah, Planetary Hellblazer. Hellblazer. Yeah, these these aren't um Strange Killing. Yeah, I guess I guess the one that maybe doesn't fit in with the rest of these is uh Iron Man Extremis. Red? Did he write Extremis? That's what it says. Oh man, I love that so much. He 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 tends to write about characters who have a lot of um demons for lack of a better term and no pun That's there. Tony. Yeah, and I I mean, you know cuz uh Hellblazer, Constantine. Constantine's pretty fucked up as a person. I mean, on Oh man. Yeah, so, you know, you, you got stuff like that. I mean, but Warren Ellis is such a great writer. You can't take that away from him. I don't I don't know where we we're going. Oh no, we're not taking anything yeah. away from him. No. But uh Not at all. How did we even get into this? Uh cuz we thought Bendis was oh, Ellis. Yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Bendis is Ellis. Ellis is Ellis is Bendis. Everything is Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel, and Garfield is Venkman. <laughs> to go back to an <laughs> we earlier, did that we already. Did. We, we did. did. Um. So yeah, would would you pick this up again, man? I mean, I, it's you're gonna say yes, correct? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I'm in. I'm uh, way as in. am I. It's it's a great book. Uh, it deserves to be read. We wish it wasn't five dollars, but we will continue giving us. We will continue giving. Marvel, our money, because yeah. it's a good book. Um, we can't turn that away from them. So, uh, I guess that's it for this issue of Paper Cuts. I think what is um mm, I don't know. Dan was gonna read Titans Rebirth. Yeah, we didn't do that. I read it. If you could describe uh, it in a word, Matt, what would it be? Zap. Zap. I like it. Zap. We're gonna go with zap, and uh, my word is eggplant. Eggplant. Where, Granted, you didn't. Read nope, it. nope. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with eggplant. Regardless, I feel like eggplant is a perfect word to describe it. Just the thing about the, the rebirth, briefly, is that it was really brief. <laughs> like, who, who are we talking? Wally, right? Yes. Oh, so he does yeah, show Wally, up in this book. Yeah, Wally visits the Titans, but it's the Titans he knew. And I don't know if they were the current Titans up until Rebirth. I don't know. But he meets up with the Titans that he was Titans with. And they don't recognize him. And then by making physical contact with each one, he reinserts himself into their memories. And they remember him. And that's the book. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. It wasn't great. Especially, I don't think he zapped... Um, God, what is, it? what is his name? What, Beast Boy? No, other Flash. In Rebirth. Oh, Barry. Barry. Uh, well. Wally and Barry. Yeah, he. Barry just kind of looks at him until he remembers. Right. Well, he, he was about to. Wally was about to die, and he like came to terms with it. And I, I guess. But this, he just tases the Titans with static electricity, and they're like, "Oh my God, it's you!" I, I guess because he's out of the timeline he can do stuff like that or because he's speed force i don't fucking know man it's comic book jargon you know i 
This is where... Yeah, but it's it's not as well, good. The, the problem is DC tends to fall apart in the details because Rebirth was good, but now that we're getting to all these other books that are trying to explain what Rebirth exactly is, it's starting to come apart at the seams. But, like, we, I'm, all I'm saying is we had all the feels in Rebirth number one, and then the direct continuation, which is this story because it follows with Wally, it just, there's no feels. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to get a lot more of that. I think we're going to get less feels and more details. And I think we need more feel and less details because feels work. Feels sell books. Um, but we'll see what happens, yeah. man. You know, I, I, I think these rebirth books were just essentially stage setters for most of the other crap. So we'll see what happens. I, I really want this to turn out well because... They got me. They got me hooked when they said the Watchmen were going to be in this universe. But it seems like they're it's certainly interesting. Well, th- it seems like they're going to be bad guys because they they could be they, bad guys. They fucked with the timeline, and when you f- nobody's watching exactly. Them. So, uh, yeah, the Watchmen only watch themselves. Although Bruce might watch them. Yeah, because he's crazy, and that that is the his. You know, if I was going to describe Bruce in the world, paranoid, very paranoid. Yeah. So, I think that's it. Let's let's call the day. Well, we have to hear from announcer guy. Oh yeah, thank you, Matt. Announcer guy, take it away. Thank you, Dan. Attention, listeners. Did you know the Geekade crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep track of what comes out on the fabulous Geekade website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geekade by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough, you can also send them an email at mail at geekade.com. Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan. Announcer guy, I love you. Announcer guy, never change. Oh, that's right, you can't change because you are a recording. Whoa, 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 hey, hey, let's just keep an air of mystery here, huh? I'm sorry, I actually have a small man trapped in a box that I tell to speak every single time. That's exactly what happens. That's the mystery. Now you've given it all away. Oh, my God, <laughs> Dean. Come sorry, on. sorry. Uh, okay, so thank you guys for listening to the Paper Cuts Podcast, Issue 89. If you'd like to get in touch with us, well, that's very easy. You can get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, any of that stuff for that matter, any social media we are on, you can always just look it up by typing in Geekade. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us individually, we are all on Twitter. I can be reached at Kimono underscore Vestlord. Matt can be reached at... Geekade Matt. And Evan can be reached at Geekade Evan. Underscore, underscore Evan. Evan. Geekade underscore Evan. And Dan can be reached at Geekade Dan. Uh, for anything else, you can always shoot us an email if you like. Talk about the show. Talk about any of the characters that we speak about on the show with us. Uh, with shooting us an email at mail at geekade.com. Uh, and if you're really nice, you'll give us a five-star review rating uh, or any of that kind of stuff on iTunes, Stitcher, or I, I think we're on Amazon now. Amazon Podcast, they have their own thing. Do they have that? Yeah, rate us on there. We'd like it. We'd like it a lot. And we know you guys love us, so go ahead and do it. We will see you guys next week on another episode of Paper Cuts. Uh, and if you're really, really uh, awesome, you can come and check us out in a month at the Garden State Comic Fest in Morristown, New Jersey.
at the Menin Arena. You should definitely be there. Because if you're not, you're square. Not like comic books, because they're rectangles. That was a terrible joke. That was beautiful, Yeah, yeah of course it was. Uh, without any further ado, for Matt Much, for Dan Ryan, for Invisible Evan Goldstein, and for Dean DeFalco, I'm Dan Ryan. Have a good night, guys.